Hello, everyone. Welcome again to uh, Don't Blame the CRM uh, interview series. And as always, we focus on revenue operations. Today, I have Connor from the company called Personio with me. Welcome, Connor. Thank you, Rico. Great to be here. First of all, it would be nice if you could briefly introduce yourself, your background, and also the company Personio. I think it's our people most likely know it, but then we also have lots of RevOps people who might not know what Personio is all about. Uh, so I am leading the strategy and operations uh, department with, with Personio for, for the past two years. And so um, I, I found my way to Personio I prob- through a, a number of U.S. tech firms. Um, so I started out my career in what was sales ops um, in LinkedIn in, in 2014 before moving into Uber, uh, where I was leading strategy and operations for Uber um, in, in, in 2016. And then um, finally in, in Glassdoor, most recently before moving to, to um, Personio, where I'm in my current role. Um, you know, prior to that, I was working in banking and finance at the start of my career. And prior to that, I was studying engineering. Um, never really my my strongest suit was going to be going that route. I quite enjoy problem solving and uh, and technical side, but not necessarily the the, the hardcore coding piece um, as as people talk about. But um, you know, ultimately within Personio, you know, I'm leading uh, the the kind of pretty broad department. You know, focused on. Um, you know, building kind of the data driven structure to, you know, help us scale, building the tech stack, um, you know, leading enablement and training and sales um, uh, for the sales org. Um, and then also kind of supporting on pricing and packaging. So we're we're quite a, a broad team, lots of uh, various skill sets within it. And and then also, uh, you know, kind of at the core of it, pretty unified through just trying to understand, OK, well, what is our core concepts here? What are we trying to achieve? And then, you know, what's our infrastructure that we have available to us? What's our data sets available? And then how are we leveraging that to, to you know, kind of maximize, you know, our turn, our return, our efficiency? There's a lot we can do. Let's just try and figure out what are the most important things to do. So um, that's what I'm doing. For Sonio, then, for those that maybe don't, don't know it, is... Um, you know, probably one of our fastest growing um, startups in the European ecosystem founded in Germany in, in 2015. Um, so we're pretty young um, at this point. Uh, we've been expanding across HR um, uh, and, you know, really focus on kind of working with HR professionals and companies to um, build a, a HR infrastructure that, you know, allows them to kind of scale their business, get them better access to their employees and their insights. And, and really at the core of it, it's like just digitizing HR um, as, a, as a principle for a lot of small, medium businesses in Europe. Um, and I think that's the, the unique pieces. We're solely focused um, on small, medium uh, businesses because we just see that this is a, a huge area of, of um, opportunity for them and, and also a lot of challenge. So it's a, it's a pretty good fit. So, um, you know, we're, we've scaled quite a lot. When I joined two years ago, we were about, 400 people. Um, I think today we're around 1600 people. So it's, uh, it's been quite a ride, um, uh, from that side. Um, but it's been, uh, you know, pretty, pretty special. And I think just ultimately at the core of it, you know, while I was kind of the first strategy and ops person to come over and, and rev ops person involved, um, you know, kind of data and infrastructure was always there as like a leading kind of baseline for, for how they made any decisions in terms of it, you know, but I think now it's like, once you hit that tipping point, it's really the important part to help you really scale and mature and be efficient. So 1600 people today, uh, how big is the operations or RevOps team? Uh, uh, um, so, so my org is 32 people this year. 
um, split across kind of the, the kind of five core functions. So, you know, really focused on, on kind of the data side and, and kind of the core web ops. We've got around seven people. Um, and, and then there are some, we're still a little distributed, um, just in the nature of kind of how we operate. So we do kind of work very, very closely with, um, you know, our kind of CX and our finance partners as well. Um, but broadly speaking, yeah, we're, we're pretty lean and efficient team, I would say. Yeah. And in the previous episodes, we've been discussing RevOps individuals and what type of background they have. Like when you're building that team, like what type of skill sets do you need for mm-hmm. RevOps? Because there's, of course, processes, there's data, there's technologies, you mentioned pricing. So what type of skill sets and, and backgrounds do you feel are really good for RevOps roles? Um, I know for me, the one thing I always seek and I think what makes anyone successful and I don't think it's pretty much exclusive to rev ops I actually feel like it's just an inherent trait that will make anyone successful it's like just innate curiosity uh, and you know it's a curiosity combined with an intellect and that's a you know pretty special potent combination because it helps you always want to see what's really happening I'm, I'm curious and and within that then that kind of drives it builds a drive sorry that um, you know, you don't stop till you find it. And it's that piece. And then if you're have that with the right intellect and and the right skill sets in terms of just like kind of technical skills, then you can kind of get unleashed on certain problems and and you're just gonna keep seeking and keep seeking and keep seeking and and really focusing on trying to get to the root of it. Mm-hmm. Um one thing I always say with the team is that our job isn't to find the answer necessarily. It's it's really to think about what's the next best question to ask. Because mm-hmm. it's very rare you look at something and you find the answer straight away. You know, sometimes you might. But it's it tends to be, hey, we're seeing this weakness here, this gap here. Why? You look at it. Okay, well, what's the next question you're going to ask? And you kind of you're you're almost kind of going through that kind of process. And so it's it's about that kind of methodology in in terms of just kind of seeking and, and moving with it. So for me, it's hard to interview for. Um, it's challenging to find. But I think it's like that combination of just innate curiosity and then intellect that that comes with it, and then. You know, you discover that through like their kind of their their career, their history, meeting with them, asking them questions, giving them hypothetical situations and seeing kind of how their mind works. And you know, ultimately, that to me is like probably the most important piece I look for. I probably even have a bias towards it, but I think it's a it's a healthy bias to have for this industry. Yeah. And then <clears throat> some ops teams, they have one person doing sales ops for new business, somebody doing... Yeah ops for CS, then marketing ops, maybe somebody who focuses on finance. Some other teams might do all those things at the same time, but they have one team focusing on data, another one focusing on maybe technology, a third one processes and playbooks, one one team focusing on KPIs. Like, how, how, how do you organize the team? Like, mm. Do you have like separate uh, sales ops and then somebody doing CS ops or how, how have you organized the team? No, um, so so for me I'm on that one, it, it kind of actually goes back to, I remember uh, in in LinkedIn in, in 2014, I was responsible for when I joined new business, sales ops. And it kind of struck me about two years later when I was at Uber, where I was building everything from scratch, how I never spent really any time in LinkedIn worrying about marketing and marketing pipeline and marketing source pipeline and metrics like that. And, and you might find that very strange to think you're running new business sales ops. How is that not a critical part of it? Because it was so incredibly siloed. It was like, oh, you've got a marketing ops team. They worry about that. You have an SE ops team and they're going to worry about, you know, pipeline need. You just worry about AEs and say quota coverage, 
books of business um, and territory alignment and then go. And and it was just fascinating then to think, you know, even just two years later, as I was building it myself, just questioning quite quickly, why was it so siloed? Why why was that not a unified function? Because pretty much interdependent on each other. There's probably huge opportunities for efficiency by getting that right. And I've no idea how it's set up today, but I, you know, I, I assume they probably made some tweaks with that as it as it matured. But for me, then it was like kind of moving that forward. So when it comes to Personio and, and how we get structured, we don't have that uh, split out. Uh, we do have some specialists specifically within marketing operations, because obviously with like optimization and, you know, campaign spend and stuff like that, you, it is a, you know, a pretty unique and, and learned skill set. And so we have that. But overall, when it comes to, let's say, new business, we don't have a new business focus in terms of an individual, but like our team is saying, right, we get focused on new business and growth, which is the biggest lever for us as a company. And um, how do we then combine all the relevant functions across marketing, sales development, partnerships? And then um, the AEs themselves and kind of combine that into more of a unified view and then building our structure around that. Um, and so that's kind of how it is. So we we try and not keep it within it. We do have some um, with our growth business and our CX team, a slightly different approach and philosophy with that. But that's just a unique uh, nuance to Personio as a company and, and how we operate in the space and the type of product we offer. We're not a per seat basis necessarily. We're, we're more based on the company size. And so there's a little bit less optimization on the growth side required. And um, so there's more of a, a heavier weighting on the acquisition uh, side of the business. Yeah. And um, I mean, I'm, I know that you're using Salesforce. So I would imagine that that's sort of one, one important, uh, technology that I use. How much time do you spend on these tools and technologies, thinking of implementation, choosing new technologies, integrations, uh, versus some other things such as focusing maybe on processes? You mentioned price. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, how do you split your time and how does the team, uh, split uh we try and, we try and think about everything together at once. And, and I don't want to, have that as like some kind of like waffly answer around it but it's like it's actually like a, a, a an observation i've shared it with our team recently where um you know we're, we're a function that's you know specific domains within the function uh, and areas of expertise like you know your salesforce administrators and, and and specialists and systems and tooling you know aren't necessarily the same types of people that are like your strategy consultants and and, and folks like that but but what I've been educating on and, and really pushing and leading about is it's how that all kind of comes together as a, you know, a single unit that really matters. And so, you know, if we think about, you know, your tech stack and your systems, it's, it really is just like a kind of a vessel to achieve, you know, your goal, which is like, Hey, we want to capture this data. We need to understand what's happening with our business. It's about, you know, creating an audit platform and a, a trail that we can manage and report and build it. it. It's serving a broader purpose than just being, let's say an IT role. Um, and it's actually more of a strategic role that's sitting at the table because then it's like, how are you feeding back in? What do you think we could be optimizing within it? Learning more about what the process is or how the team are operating. So trying to raise that role into more of a commercial role, which is why I see it sitting within the RevOps function and part of our team, because it's making sure it's sitting at that table with a commercial hat on and not necessarily an IT hat on. But then actually, that's just one example of how that then partners. And if you think about, you know, enablement, which is also uh, within our organization, you know, it's a, it's not just enablement with the sales team on their technical selling and skills. It's also thinking about how do you enable across your building incredible KPI dashboards and reporting and insights or you're building new process? How is that integrating with your 
tech stack in your team to optimize for it? And then how are you enabling on it? You know, what's the point in building stuff if you're not teaching people how to use it and maximize value from it and then bringing that to the heart of it all? So for me within the team and, and how we then operate, it's kind of thinking about the the unification of all of them as opposed to the kind of separate components um, as individual kind of work streams. And so the, my hardest job and kind of the, the biggest challenge I have is to not fall into the trap myself of uh, focusing on a specific work stream, but actually making sure that I'm more thinking about how are these work streams working together? So I'm not thinking about where do I spend my time? It's more, are they communicating? Are they working together? Do they have a common goal and an outcome? And what's the purpose? And then are they um, you know, building behind that objective to to be as efficient as possible to achieve it or or just collaborating more on it. And so um, it's imperfect. Um, and you do tend to, like at times like this, just get down the rabbit hole and planning and stuff like that, which is a little bit more unique. But, um, you know, I think that's my aspiration. You know, do I do I achieve it all the time? No. Um, but I think it's it's a critical part of it. I feel that's the 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 key goal for me with 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 everything that we're doing right now is just to make sure that we're unifying the functions together and and then acting as a collective because we can get a far bigger impact on that. Yeah, uh, and then I'm thinking about where does RevOps fit in in the organization? Are you reporting to CEO or chief revenue officer or CEO? Yeah. Is RevOps team or you as a leader, are you having your own KPIs, maybe even uh, like performance-based components on the on the salary? Or are you basically just using the company objectives and key results and, and metrics exactly. and those are also the metrics for you? Yeah, so so we're we're okay or based in terms of uh, how we get operated. Uh, you know, my salary is my salary. There's no um, a component linked to, to pure metrics in terms of like a, a, a an OTI based um, uh, component. But um, no, it's it's predominantly based around shaping. You know, what are the key objectives, key results for us as a company? How what are our principles? Building, defining it, and then kind of executing and then uh, aligning behind that. Yeah, and just out of curiosity, those OKRs, key results, objectives. Are they on a quarterly basis, monthly basis, annual basis? Like, what's the frequency of? Uh, uh, we we do a half um, a half yearly uh, piece. Majority will be annual. You know, there's some you know kind of key principled ones specifically within go to market and sales that are going to be related to you know achieving your your business goals in terms of commercial goals. Um, so they'll be you know annual, but you know predominantly we kind of structure it into half yearly uh, focus areas uh, with then some commonality across them. Yeah, we had it. Here in Helsinki, um, this week when we're recording this, we're having Schloss event, and we hosted a, a side event yesterday. We had a, quite a few RevOps people there. When I was asking about the biggest challenge for them, some individuals said that they sort of know what they want to do and they're doing it, but it's it's sometimes difficult to make sure that they can actually make an impact because they're working with sales, they're working with CS, with marketing and finance. Yeah. These individuals are not reporting to RevOps. RevOps is working with them and helping them to be more successful. Do you have any tips or pieces of advice? Like how do you make sure that you can actually have an impact and you can actually impact the figures, even though you're doing ops for sales and yeah. CS, but then you have, of course, sales department and CS department and marketing department. Yeah. I think it's about establishing credibility. Um, it's, it's a question I ask in lots of interviews uh, because you know, sometimes if you can't establish credibility, you're, you will probably struggle um, to, to make that impact. And, and 
you establish credibility. It's, you know, consistency over time. You know, it's like, you know, saying you'll do something and doing it and executing. It's about, you know, showing that kind of intellect and, and skill set that kind of proves that, you know, you can be, um, you know, trusted or or not even just invested in and say, right, this person, just leave it to them. They know what they're doing. Um, and so for me, it's really kind of focusing on, okay, how do I establish my credibility and my my mouse? So that's going to be kind of focused around, okay, what's my outputs? What's the areas? Do I understand the business in its totality? Can I have a fluent conversation with somebody in finance and understanding what really matters to that person in finance? They're not just seeing your picture. They're seeing the broader picture across the company. So how are you inputting into that? And are you able to add you know, kind of value to that conversation. And so that could be depending on who you're speaking to within that, you know, do you understand about IFRS and classifications like this? You don't need to be an expert in it, but can you build a baseline knowledge of what they're doing? Mm. Um, similar then within CS, you know, the very different kind of structure and how they're going to operate and like, what are they motivated around? You know, do you understand how they get it, they get measured? Are you thinking about MPS? Are you just thinking about churn? Are you thinking about NPS and these other scores that matter? How does that fit? How are they communicating with product and understanding it? Are you aligning with them to think about product feedback, et cetera, like this, and creating these more common areas that you can kind of collaborate and, and, and work upon? And then it's ultimately by doing that, one, you're going to be better with your work because you're going to be thinking about their business units and more proactively. And then you can just bring that to the table a little bit more. So that's really about where you establish that credibility through topics like that. And, you know, it isn't easy. That takes experience. It takes time. Um, but I think, you know, it can be done at any level where you just think about, well, do I think about their business at all? Do I know how their business is run? Um, and, and I think that's the first, the first and most important step to be doing. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about data a little bit. I mean, you've been growing super fast. Uh, you mentioned founded in 2015, now already yeah. 1,600 cust- uh, employees, meaning that you have lots of customers. Wino is one of your customers as, as well. Thank you. Uh, and uh, Wino as a company, we provide company data uh, for RevOps teams. So what, what are the sort of the data properties, data fields, uh, data categories that are you're thinking right now in these days because obviously there's so many different yeah. data points you can everything find. industry data company size <laughs> momentum intent data technographics like what are the things that you're working with and, and sort of hot topics for personio for example at the moment yeah um it's a it's interesting actually within personio we are we're currently recruiting for for a, a vp of data um as a very specific standalone function um so uh Anyone listening, if they uh, want to reach out to me and, and and share any names, or if they're interested, I would love to to speak with them. Uh, that role will report to to our COO, um, but uh, I'm sure Jonas would be happy for me to to push a little bit on that one. But I think for us, it's about one. We we really want to focus more about kind of the collaborative function around our data sets, and and moving towards being a truly data led company. Um, and and I say this, sorry, uh, with with the greatest respect when it comes to things, but I hear people speak about data, and in in a strange way, it's it's almost like someone talks about words. Mm. Kind of just sounds a bit like abstract. You're like, what's it mean? It's like, well, you know, words is just a word. Mm. A data is just a data point. It's what you do with it. How do you join it together? How do you tell a story? Um, and you know, combine it into something. And so for me, you know, just saying, hey, we're data focused, kind of is you know, excuse some bad language is kind of just bullshit. It's like saying, well, what are you doing with it? What's that really mean? And how are you kind of leaning into that and getting behind it? You know, so how are you thinking about building your your data infrastructure and your tech stack? You know, mm-hmm. what 
is your baseline um, warehousing philosophy? How are you considering data lineage and your your architecture around that? How's that then flowing across all your departments? So from your product team, how's that flowing in? From your finance team, from your sales team, from your CX marketing teams, et cetera. How are you then you staffing behind it to make sure that you have the right infrastructure with data engineering and folks like this? So it's not just saying we want to focus on data. It's also thinking about, well, what are you doing to enable you to do that? And then once you get that component right, and I think we're still on a journey to do that, but we recognize it's the most important aspect for us now as we're scaling to get right. It's then to start thinking about, okay, well, what, what do we need? And what are the critical data points that will help us, um, you know, understand, you know, our next steps? So, you know, in a marketing space, it's going to be around for me, attribution and, and getting way smarter with how we're spending and where we're targeting, how we're using it. You know, um, I think over the next year or two years, you know, there's going to be a whole lot more focus from investors and from the outside market on, you know, not just your growth rate, but also on your, 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 your kind of profit margin. Um, and your your burn rates, et cetera, like that. So, you know, for us, it's about making sure we have real clarity in that. So focusing a lot of our data efforts into how are we optimizing and, and building proper attribution. Um, you know, thinking then about the whole customer lifecycle from end to end. You know, how are we thinking about optimizing that along the way? I always talk about it's just a series of binary questions that occur from will I interact with this banner ad or will I interact with this piece of content I see or will I read, will I answer this um, outreach from an SDR? It's a series of these yes or no decisions that get made subconsciously or consciously. And it's about how do we optimize for each of them? So for me, it's thinking about that layer and then moving down to, okay, well, what's the data set required? What are the data points that we need? And so, you know, in, in Vinu's case, it could be, what can you help us with in terms of the data sets that you can provide around companies, their product suites, what they have available, what industries they're operating in, and how do I then fold that in to maybe optimize our books of business, or maybe our marketing outreach cadences, et cetera, like this. And so understanding what you want to solve for, and then what's the data required to do it. And if you have it, great. If you don't have it, do you buy it or can you manufacture it? And kind of taking that approach in philosophy. You mentioned data infra and also data warehousing. I feel that companies that are using Salesforce, some of them, they sort of see Salesforce being the place of master data and then all these data vendors and other tools needed to be integrated with yeah. Salesforce. While some others, they, they're setting up their own cloud uh, data lakes and data warehouses. Maybe they use Snowflake or BigQuery yeah. and whatnot. Like, what's your approach? Or like, is it something that it's always evolving? Like, do you see that CRM in this case or the Salesforce being the master place of uh, master data and then you integrate everything with Salesforce or are you building a, like a cloud data? Yeah, that, uh, like for me, I think Salesforce has, it's just its limitations. Yep. And, and so ultimately it's a, it's a wonderful CRM. Um, it has its flaws, um, but I think it's, you know, it's, it, it's so successful because it's, it's so good at what it does. Um, and it's more, I would think about customer facing, you know, with the end customer being the, the sales um, and the leadership team. Um, for us, we're really focusing on building the data lake and data warehousing infrastructure. We're currently using Athena and, and, and that structure. We're really now focusing on what's required for us longer term to really start to scale that out. Mm-hmm. And, and then how do we start bringing that to the table a lot more? And so, you know, that's why I speak about we're, we're recruiting for these roles because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a critical part for us to, to get right just because there's so much opportunity for us if we do that effectively um, yeah. and correctly to, to be more efficient. So that's kind of our, our consideration on it. I'm not the, the, the crazy um, technical specialist on them topics. You know, we, we've, we've some wonderful people in the company that, that kind of specialize and focus on that. But, you know, for me, I'm, I know enough about it to know that that's the area we need to be investing heavily in. 
Yeah, sounds sounds good. We have lots of people also in the audience who might have right now their first RevOps role. And of course, in a smaller company, like if you're yeah. a startup or you're hitting 50 employees, 100 employees, you don't have a team of 30, right? So you might be the first RevOps person. Uh, what would be your piece of advice? You have been in ops and strategy. Yeah. Um, I've been there. Yeah, so like... How do you get started? Because obviously you want to be successful and let's say that it's, you're in B2B SaaS and, uh, but it's, it might be difficult to know how to get started and what to do first. So what, what, what's your piece of advice for all the new RevOps people? Um, it's, there's a thousand answers. Um, and I don't think any of them are, are, are fundamentally better than the other, um, or any are wrong, but I think it's, it's dependent on what you're doing in the company you're in, um, and, and, and how things are. But I think, you know, broadly speaking, um, one, be, you have, I would say to anyone, you've probably the most interesting role in that company. Um, and, you know, no disrespect to founders or product managers like yourself, but, but I feel you're right at the intersection of, everything it's where your product gets monetized you know via whatever channel via you know kind of a a, a online digital model very via you know a b2b SaaS sales organization you know it's about where your kind of customer and managing the customer life cycle becomes an important part of it and you're kind of right at the point where everything is flowing through it and so it's going to be overwhelming there's going to be moments where you're just going to be like this is crazy. I'm going to struggle here. I had just too much to on. We don't have enough resources. And I think that's the case. You never will. You know, this, we are an expense. We are a function that um, has a cost associated. There's a value, but we're always going to be a little bit understaffed. Um, and so it's like about really just focusing on, you know, what really matters. So if you're in a small startup, you're probably thinking it's about the next 10 customers we get. It's the next customer and the customer after that. So if you're optimizing your your work to say, well, how am I supporting and achieving that goal? Am I building, you know, the right data sets that are required for that? Am I, uh, you know, optimizing some of our marketing work that needs to be done to like at least help where I can, even if it's outside of it. But if you just go back to the kind of core, what's the single most important thing for us right now? And I suspect in a smaller company, it's acquiring the next customer or or whatever. And then as you scale, it's about ensuring then that you actually have the ability to scale, to scale efficiently. And you're putting the infrastructure in place to allow that because, you know, there will come a point where you will scale without any rev ops or any support. And then there'll come a point where without that, you're going to start to really slow down if you don't get it right. So I think it's about just making sure that you're really focused on what matters most right now. And then the secondary component of it is just trying to understand like what's best in class look like meeting people, understanding it, and then thinking and always planning for the future and, you know, uh, building for that uh, structure around it. So, you know, that's, that, that would be my advice and, and what, how I've approached it in the past. Yeah, really, really good advice. Yeah. Last question. Uh, one of the reasons why we decided to do uh, this podcast is to share knowledge, share best practices. And uh, I feel that if you think of uh, product management or marketing or sales, there's so many places you can go and educate yourself. Yeah. How about you? Like, what are the sources, communities, places where you go? How do you keep up? How do you learn new things? How do you make sure that you know what's happening? What are the best practices in, in RevOps? Um, meeting people like you is always a good start. Um, but uh, I think I think it's twofold. So, so one, I always feel, you know, leading an enablement team, I always speak about like self-enablement is the most important part of it. And so, you know, I love that question because, you know, no one's ever going to teach you or tell you what to do. 
And maybe if they do, you shouldn't listen to them. <laughs> or sometimes you should. It just depends. But but broadly speaking, it's about how you seek that information. And so, you know, the first place is, um, and I remember this from, you know, when I joined Uber, I was the first hire for Uber for business in Europe. And I didn't know what to do a lot of the time for a lot of the stuff. Like, you will figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so, so the best you will ever get and the best learning and experience you'll ever get is what you're able to solve for yourself. And, you know, you will get really good at problem solving because anyone that ends up in this world is curious and cares about problem solving. And and so you will figure it out. And so sometimes just figuring it out on your own is far more valuable than trying to see how do others do it because you'll probably find the right way of doing it for you or for the team or for what's needed. However, I will caveat that and say, make sure that you are seeking that knowledge and kind of networking. And so, you know, for me, I'm very fortunate to have a, you know, a wonderful network of, of peers and professionals that, that across the industry that I can just like shoot questions to and ask them for advice on. Um, and then in terms of kind of like checking in and reading and, and, and looking into it, you know, staying very connected in a number of groups. And um, there's some, you know, great um, groups on LinkedIn that you know, I'm a member of that, you know, kind of help with with kind of best practice sharing and and, and industry standard um, pieces and just even kind of like migrating from sales ops to rev ops. You know, I was learning about it through these before it was happening in our lives. So I do feel it's about kind of finding that balance between like, what are you just going to learn yourself and figure it out? Because that's who you are. You wouldn't be doing that job if you weren't good at doing that stuff. But then how are you then also kind of, um, you know, complementing that with the more kind of structured, strategic and and, uh, and kind of theoretical stuff that's happening out there in the market. And so it's listening to podcasts like this. It's reading books that are interesting, just being in the in the space and, you know, kind of thinking about being that um, person who's just kind of innately curious to get better at what they're doing. And so that would be my advice on it. Yeah, it almost feels like we're closing the circle because we started with skill sets. You mentioned curiosity, and uh, it's also, I guess, what's needed if yeah. you want to keep educating yourself. That curiosity is the key, and you also need to just go out there and then be active and obviously all the time build build network. That's it. It's like you can't read about it all the time. You sometimes just have to do it, and you're going to mess it up. You're going to get it wrong. I can tell you about all the failures I've had and and like big f ups I've made in planning or stuff like that, but. You know, at the core of it, like it was a culmination tended to be always going in the right trajectory and in the right area. And so, you know, that was, you know, what are you getting from that and learning from it? I think that was very worthwhile. Excellent. Thank you so much for the interview, Connor. And okay. um, I hope you that will have a have a great day. Thank you, Thank so, you much. so much. Really appreciate it. Great to speak to you. 